turn to Jonah, the book of Jonah. We are starting a series about appointments with God. Have you ever had an appointment that you were nervous about and it turned into a disaster? Maybe you've got one scheduled this week. I don't know. I remember uh, uh, what I call PJ, not my nickname, but pre-Janine, my wife. Uh, I was a single gentleman and um, uh, just kind of not necessarily involved in the dating scene. And uh, friends of mine constantly were telling me this one statement, hey, Kim says hi. I'm like, that's great. I don't know who Kim is. And you know, another month goes by and I hear, Kim says hi. Then I found out after about four of those episodes who Kim is. And she was a friend of a friend of mine who's, he was dating a girl and this girl was connected to that girl as friends and she kind of had some kind of an interest and that was her way of, you know, throwing out some bait, right? I wasn't really necessarily interested in dating, but I was bored. And so an idea came to my mind. She was a hairdresser, a hairstylist, sorry. Let me get out of the 50s. Uh, she was a hairstylist, and I needed a haircut, and I don't know what came to my mind, but I thought I would make an appointment, because I thought that could be kind of fun. If this person's sending like subliminal messages and under-the-radar, backdoor kind of efforts to uh, kind of reach out and connect with me, I thought, hey, that'd be kind of fun to just show up and get my haircut done by this person and see how it goes. Let me just recommend to you, don't ever do that. Because halfway into the haircut, she lopped off my right ear. This is a prosthetic. Uh, this is not a real ear. And she just lopped off the ear, screamed, and ran to the back room. She actually did cut my earlobe badly um, because she was so nervous. I couldn't see her hands, but her hands were shaking while cutting my hair. Best haircut I ever had. And, uh, but literally, after she cut my ear and I'm bleeding profusely, you would think she'd get me a towel, something. Nope, just screamed and ran to the back room. Great appointment. Just fabulous. You know, we have appointments in our life that go well, and we have some that don't go so well. Such is the case for Jonah. This is my little, I got this for Christmas. Uh, for the sake of our series, this is a little pop fungo guy. And uh, some of you may recognize him as Aquaman. Marianne has let me know that this will cause her to stumble uh, because Jason Momoa plays Aquaman, so I need to be, be careful that she sees this. So it's like right here. So she, Marianne, you can't see that. But also, let me help you out. For the sake of our study over the next eight weeks, this is Jonah. All right? Just a little visual of Jonah. And uh, uh, we, this is a, a safe thing because it's got a little cover on the end of the trident there. So nobody can actually get hurt by it. That's a little safety precaution. We're talking about Jonah for the next eight weeks. And Jonah had some interesting appointments from the Lord. Let's bow our heads and go before the Lord and ask that He show us what kind of an appointment He might have for us. Father, this morning as we get 
into the meat of your word. Let us be challenged. Let us be encouraged. Let the word speak to us uh, by its own merits, its own purposes. And let the Spirit be very present in transposing what was written into our lives for our benefit and our appointment this morning. We trust You in all things. Magnify the power of Your Word this morning. To You be all glory. Amen. Well, as we look at this idea of appointments with God, let me ask you this question. Could you imagine what it would be like to have an appointment with God? Can you imagine what it would be like to have an appointment with God? By no uh, radical set of circumstances, I have a table and two stools here. Many years ago, I was blessed to sit under the teaching of an individual up at my pastor's conference, and he set up the stage like this, very simply. And as he did so, he talked about how he would set up meetings, appointments with God in his house. And he would set up a card table and he would put a chair for himself on one end and he would put a chair for the Lord on the other end. And he would spend time with God. And he never saw an empty seat. Now he didn't see the materialism of God, but do you see the point and the purposefulness and the intentionality? Lord, I want to sit with You. Even so much so that as I am praying, as I am in Your Word, I'm going to set a place. I might even set out two coffee cups. I just need to know if you prefer Pete's or Starbucks, Lord. There's a great visual in this. There's a great and powerful understanding for us today to know that God seeks to have these kinds of appointments with us. And so we're going to set up the whole book of Jonah and the whole study. Today is a setup, and it's really to get us to wrestle with this idea of appointments with God. Here's a question for you. How would you dress for an appointment with God? You know, I, I've worn this suit many, 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 many times, and yet this morning I've already been told five times how sharp I look today. You know what the difference is? It's this little $1.99 pocket square I threw in here. Do you know how much better I look? Let me just, let me just see. I dressed up for this sermon today. I even went and I got a, I got a pocket square. I made sure that my cuffs are, you know, I really wanted to make sure that I was appropriately dressed to stand before all of you. And thank you, Brad. Brad even told me this morning how sharp I look. And when that comes from Brad, it means something. My wife can't handle me this morning because I'm walking around like a, a peacock. And she's just shaking her head, rolling her eyes. She's like, oh, get over yourself. She's not doing any of that. She's my biggest fan. Could you imagine what it would be like to have an appointment with God? Let me ask this, continuing this question. Would you fix your outside or would you fix your inside? Which would you attend to more? Your outside or your inside? Let me ask you, do you remember the story of how the Lord pronounced David as his choice? 
Sam, Samuel, God's man, God's prophet, looked at the sons of Jesse and he started to go through one by one and the Lord kept saying to him, no, 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 and got to the least one, the least in appearance, the least in physical uh, demeanor or impressiveness. This is a shepherd boy who's ruddy, pretty good with a slingshot, played guitar, upright guitar, pretty good. And he said, that's my man. Because he had a what? A heart after God. When you look at story after story after story of how Jesus interacts with individuals, he was not impressed with how they looked. He made appointments with people like Zacchaeus, didn't he? He said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house today. We're going to sit. We're going to have coffee, Zacchaeus. Wouldn't you have loved to have been in that room and heard the conversation that turned Zacchaeus around? This morning, we're going to set up this idea of Jonah and God and how that worked and what can we glean from it. What should we look at from this interaction between Jonah and the Lord? This morning, let me start with this idea. First, let's go to the passage. Turn to Jonah 3. And some of you are like, well, where is Jonah? It's in the part of your Bible where uh, the gold leaf is the shiniest. (laughs) It's in the Minor Prophets. And as you're going there, when I say the word Jonah... You think of what? The whale, the fish. Jonah and the whale. And as we look at that story, as we examine it, <coughs> excuse me, we'll address that. We'll examine that in great detail. But, but look at what the theme is. The purpose of the entire book of Jonah. God had an appointment with an improbable group of people. God was making appointments all over the place. God is always at work. And our challenge is to figure out how is He asking us or how is He appointing us to be part of those appointments and part of those plans. And then we're going to look a little bit at the differences between Jonah and Jesus. I don't know if you knew that those two should be compared, but we're going to compare them in a moment. This is the key passage to the entire book. Jonah began to go into the city, verses 4 through 5 of chapter 3, going a day's journey. And he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. You guys are gone. You're done. You got forty days left. Think people are going to listen? They did then. And the people of Nineveh, Nineveh, what? They believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. This is the message of the book of Jonah. How far is God willing to appoint someone for His appointment to reach the improbable? And that will lead us into our second point this morning. Let's not go too fast as we come upon the first point. God the Father's appointments come with a message. Turning to truth. Turning to truth. You know, we're going to see in a moment in Matthew uh, 12 where the Pharisees interact with Christ. And this is where we get the very famous passage about the sign of Jonah that Jesus speaks to. 
And so what happens in, in this idea is that the Pharisees come along and they say, give us a sign that you are who you're supposed to be. We often work off of signs. The people of Nineveh, as desperately lost as they were, recognized the sign of God speaking through His prophet, His appointed prophet, Jonah. Now we may think the sign in the book of Jonah is the whale or the fish. It's not. It's not. Poor Jonah went through a lot because he tried to run from what he was appointed for. The idea, what we need to focus on, what we need to glean is that God had what we just read from Jonah 3 as an appointment for that man, God's man, at that time. We'll get into that a little bit later, but when we look at the idea of God the Father's appointments, those, those appointments come with a message. When you sit with God, when you take the time to seek Him, there should be a message. How many of us actually sit with an expectation, or expectation of, of our heart that we will hear from God? We should. We should. And so expect signs. Everywhere there are signs. I don't know that you should be looking up in the clouds and if you see a giant taco, you should go to Taco Bell. I'm not talking about signs on that level. I'm talking about signs that are unequivocally of God that lead you in His path of righteousness. Jonah had many signs that came across his life that he could not ignore. The people of Nineveh had signs that they could not ignore, nor did they ignore. And we'll see that with Christ in a minute. Next, redemption, not regurgitation, is the message in Jonah. Redemption, not regurgitation, is the message in Jonah. But many of us have gone through Sunday school classes over and over, and we've seen uh, the veggie tale version of all of this, and, and we've seen so many flannel graphs. I've got to speak to the generation that's in front of me. We've seen so many things that when we talk about the book of Jonah, I think we miss the major point. The book of Jonah is about redemption, and that redemption is the same plan, the same appointment that God has for us. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jack. Good to see you, brother. Thank you, sir. When we, when we think about God the Father's appointments and it coming with this idea there being a message, it turns you to truth. How do you know that if you're sitting down, you're having a moment with God, how do you know that the message is from Him and it's not something conjured up in your own will and your own mind or somebody else's thoughts? It's because it's consistent with His truth. That when God speaks, He leads you in His path of righteousness. And so in looking at this, the miraculous appointment brings a response. Brothers and sisters, if Jonah hadn't had gone and followed through with what the Lord appointed him for, who knows if he ever would have been regurgitated. But there was a repentant heart, and we'll get into that about week three, week four. And because of that repentant heart, a message of truth and redemption of God's plan for the Ninevites came to fruition. And that was a miraculous event that brought about a message of truth. 
And it brought about a response. It brought about the right response from Jonah. I love the picture that we have for this series. Right? Jonah being tossed from the boat. Can I just encourage you? Do not get to a point where you're not listening to the appointment of God so much so that He has to throw you from the boat. You don't want to be sinking in the depths because you're running from what He's going to have you do anyway. Make it easy on yourself. Sit down at the table. Understand that His message is good. His message is truth. And it is a blessing and an honor to be appointed messenger. Amen? Amen. So don't, don't, don't be the guy falling out of the boat. Is, is a good illustration visually. The miraculous appointment brings a response. The miraculous appointment that, and we'll see later on, that it says God appointed a fish to come along and save Jonah. The miraculous brought about a response of repentance by Jonah, which then in turn brought about obedience, which then in turn brought about God's plan and appointment for the Ninevites. Think about the sovereignty of God. Let's go to the second point. Appointments with God. God the Father appoints messengers. Let's turn to Matthew, and we will see real briefly an interaction that Christ has that connects Him with Jonah. We're going to be in verses 38 through 41. I think I actually have it up there on the screen. There you go. And let me go ahead and read it from my Scripture. It says, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered Him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from You. But He answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet of Jonah. Jesus' words when asked for, when solicited a sign by the Pharisees, who are simply calling upon the patriarchs and what they learned from the patriarchs and what they learned from Jonah, he says, fine, you want a sign? I'm going to give you one. One sign. You want to know who I am? There's a story that you're very familiar with and that you believe in. It's the sign of Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The man of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. When we get to week whatever it is, and I explain to you how evil the Ninevites were, and you think about the words of Christ at this point when He says, those from Nineveh that repented will rise up and judge you. Do you realize the severity? These are not nice words. These are not healing words that Jesus is using with the Pharisees. He has an appointment with those who seek to mock who the Father is. He has an appointment with those who have gotten off the message of truth. He has an appointment with those who need admonishment and rebuking. And so His words really need to be understood here. Nineveh will judge you. Wow. He goes on and says, For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Do you ever know that 
there was a connection between Jesus and Jonah? The idea this morning is very simple, that the Father appoints messages, messengers. Jonah and Jesus. So let's look at some things that happened between Jesus and Jonah. Let's look at some similarities and let's look at some differences, shall we? Because this probably wasn't on your radar before you walked in this morning. Wow, Jonah and Jesus? They're supposed to be comparative? Well, you heard it from Jesus Himself. He said, you want to know who I am? Look back to Jonah. You think about God's appointments and what He did. When you look at the the work of Jonah, it seems like it's all about the Ninevites, doesn't it? But there's a, a, a theological understanding here that this is called typology. That Jonah, in some of what he is doing, there are similarities to who Jesus is. And it was the sign. The Pharisees asked for the sign. Jesus says, fine, I'll give you one sign, one sign only. Look back to Jonah. One who is greater than Jonah is here in front of you. I am the fulfillment of that prophecy. So let's look at some similarities. Were they both messengers from God? This is the interactive part. This is where we're going to have fun. Just yell yes or no based off of what you believe, what you know, your conviction. We're having an appointment right now. Ready? Were they both messengers from God? Yes. So far you have an A. Did they both suffer because of their appointment? Yes. Yes. Were they messengers of redemption to a lost and improbable people? Yes. You guys are catching on. Every answer here is yes. In their humanity, they both struggled in their task. Yes or no? Let's stop. Let's stop. So to say that Jesus struggled, how many of you really believe that? Can you take me to a place that is, wow, very similar? When we talk about the comparison, the similarities between Jesus and Jonah, Jonah is appointed, and we'll hear it at the beginning of next week. God comes to him and says, I'm appointing you to go to this people, the worst people you could possibly imagine. And it doesn't take long. Like by verse 2, it says, he booked passage, he got an Uber, and he hit the coast. He was out of there. Because he knew the struggle. He knew what this appointment would cost him. We see the similarities there. Where can you take me where we see some of this, some of the similarity of this struggle by Christ? Gethsemane. Now, there's something mysterious in all of this. This, how much it was His humanity as Christ, as Jesus, that He was struggling, how much of it was connected to His divinity. Obviously, Jonah doesn't have... He has one aspect, His humanity. We don't know the answers to this. All we know, and we can empirically say, is that Jesus said, Father, take this from me. What's the difference between Jonah and Jesus? The next words but your will, not my will. That's where Jonah failed in his appointment as a messenger for God. But there's still a very fascinating similarity, isn't there? 
That's the part of Christ we often don't really look at and examine and relate to is the full humanity that he struggled with. Next, they both succeeded in sharing God's message. Yes or no? You're back on track. So far you got 100%. Uh, both of them, because of their message, improbable people believed. Yes or no? Absolutely. The Pharisees, there were many illustrations throughout the, the, the synoptic Gospels where we see individuals that the Pharisees never would have reached to. You think of the lepers, nobody would have gone to the lepers, but Jesus did. Both had much to lose by bringing the message of redemption. Well, Jonah had what to lose? Probably his reputation. It says that he was a prophet of God. Those prophets spoke to whom? To Israel. And now, oh man of God, you're going to take this message to the worst of the worst when it's just select for us? How many of you are willing to risk your reputation at work? Risk your reputation with your family. Risk your reputation with your friends because God may call you to be a messenger of something that's not too popular. Both Jesus and Jonah struggled in this area or at least had to live in the tension of that. Both were in the grave for three days. This is the sign of Jonah. This is the sign of Jonah. We look at the message of, of Jonah running from the Lord and then being thrown off the ship by appointment, right? Then God appointing a fish to come swallow him. Then God appointing, because of Jonah's repentance, God appointing the fish to uh, spit him out on the beach. Then Jonah fulfilling his appointment to go and speak to the Ninevites. Then the Ninevites coming in repentance, which was appointed by the Lord. Do you see setting up the table and chairs is a good thing? How often would we miss what it is God has appointed for us if we're not paying attention? Because many of us will get in our cars tomorrow. Many of us have meetings. You can already think of the meetings you have to do tomorrow. And you're just going to trudge through them. How fantastic would it be if we got to sit at a table with the Lord and listen to His appointment for us for the day? Differences. Well, one was fully human, the other fully human and fully God. One ran from their calling, the other ran to it with joy. One required repentance in order to survive. This is really good. The other survived to bring repentance. Some other points there this morning, talking about the messengers. One still struggled in their humanity after fulfilling their calling. The other continued in the Father's will. One simply obeyed out of obligation and the other obeyed because of what? Because of love. Because of love. If you're ever engaged with someone who believes in secularism, in naturalism, in materialism, ask them what their belief, uh, what they're um, entrusting, their submission to that system, whatever it would be, ask them what that system gives them back. Every other system, even in faith, whether it's Islam, whether it's Buddhism, whether it's Taoism, whatever it is, their idol has nothing to do with love. Nothing to do with a benevolent, 
being that seeks relationship and appointment and continuation of bettering our lives. Isn't that amazing? That's what separates your God from everything else, is love. One only saw the task of the Father. This is something we can learn. One only saw the task of the Father, the other stood, understood the will of the Father. In closing this morning, it brings up this idea of purpose. Why did God appoint the messengers? Well, we see the similarities, we see the differences, but they, all, they both had the same purpose. To bring a message of redemption to a lost people. What are our similarities and differences in the plan of redemption? Were we an improbable person for the gospel? Are we a messenger that resists giving the message? Are we an appointed messenger that is willing to follow and live under the will of God and do so with joy because of the love of the Father? God the Father appointed you to hear this message this morning. He appointed you to hear this message. Hebrews uh, talks about this in a very interesting manner. Hebrews 4.2 says this, For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. What is that saying? For the good news, the Gospel, the message of Christ coming for the redemption of men who are lost in sin, doomed like the Ninevites, right? That message came just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them. Why did it not benefit them? Why did they have the different reaction than the Ninevites? Or those that responded to Christ? Why did one thief respond and the other mocked? It's because of listening. Do you understand a word we've been using, the word messenger or message, how important this is? Paul says, how will they believe if they never hear? The enemy so desires to keep us buttoned up about the Gospel. Because no one will ever come out of the darkness. Nineveh would never come out of the darkness unless God had appointed an individual to bring that message of truth. You and I, brothers and sisters, would never have come out of that darkness unless He appointed someone to bring that truth. That it is His plan from love to redeem us unto Himself. He created you. He loves you. But because of sin, we are separated from Him. We cannot fix that. You and I cannot fix that, but God has appointed a way for that to be fixed. Amen? There is one way. That's it. And it is only through the Son. There is one access to the Father, and that name is what? Jesus Christ. Good. You didn't say Jonah. That's good. It's through Jesus the Son. And this is the message. How will they hear unless we give that message just like Jonah gave to the Ninevites? Was it his responsibility to turn the hearts of the Ninevites? 
What you will hear is an amazing comment by a grumbler who you think got it. He's mad that they repented. He, in his heart, has such a visceral hatred for the Ninevites that he cannot get over. That's why he ran in the first place. And his response after this, and you will see it, is he goes up on a hill and he pouts. And the Lord comes in, doesn't leave him, comes to him and says, what's with the attitude, Jonah? Paraphrasing. He says, I knew they would turn. I knew you would turn their hearts. Can you imagine someone being angry that people are pulled out of darkness? You begin to understand where any of us can go as people because of sin and because of hatred. Jesus will use his message. It is not up to Jonah to turn their hearts. Had it been, nobody would have turned. It is not up to you to turn their hearts. It is up to the message combined with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So the difference here is that some listen. That's the whole difference that the writer of Hebrews says. Why did some respond? Why did some others not respond? Because they listened. This morning, God has called you here. He has appointed for you to be here. Are you listening to Him? So many of the times we come and we sit, and I know because I do what you do on occasions. Like twice a year, I get to sit where you sit in different places. And then I get to be like you, and my mind starts going to, you know, oh, I wonder if the Chargers are winning right now. Can you imagine that? Right in the middle of the sermon that your pastor would be thinking about his football team? I'm not until you guys brought it up. Now I'm ruined. In closing this morning, God the Father appointed you to hear this message today. You freely came here this morning, didn't you? Did you? You know, there's no reason rationally for you to come here other than my pocket square. So you can see my pocket square this morning. Is it still there? It's still there. There's no real good reason for you to be here. Scripture says that you can only come to the Father if He draws you to Him. You may not realize it, but you've already had an appointment with the Lord today. And it didn't happen in this moment. It happened this morning when your heart desired to worship with Him. That was an encounter with Jesus. Jesus brought you here. Now you came freely. But what we're missing sometimes are those appointments, right? We forgot that he's sitting in that chair. Now you've heard the message. The question for you and I is, do we understand this is a message of God's pursuit for you? This is a message of God's pursuit for you and I. And, and lastly, what I want you to wrestle with is you should now listen to the value of this message rather than just move on to the next thing. You should look at the value of this message and what kind of appointments does God have for you today and this week. To live in that light is to have legendary stories written about you. Jonah was a putz that should have been the veggie tale song jonah was a putz 
there's nothing that rhymes with that except, and that's not child rated. So, if God can choose to work through Jonah, certainly God chooses to work with you. Certainly. The question is, do we have to get thrown off a ship to hear him? I hope not. So, listen and pursue the one who pursues you. This morning again, how would you dress for an appointment with God? Would you fix your outside or would you fix your inside? This is where we can apply the message today. Do you know what it means to pursue trusting the message of the Father and the will of the Father? Sit down, make appointments with God. Listen and respond. Let me pray for these words to have an impact and bearing on you. And then we're going to have a time of prayer led by some of our new elders and uh, as we move forward uh, today in worship. Father, I am very moved about us examining, listening, learning from Your Word in this story of Jonah. There is such a depth for understanding for anyone in this interaction you had with him. I pray this morning that the message that comes through is that we would listen to you. We would make appointments with you and we would respond rather than run. We would act like Christ in certain scenarios rather than Jonah. Change our appointments this week. Clear our schedules. Align us with your appointments. That we might carry out your will and be your messengers. To you be all glory. Amen.